Hello there. I wanted to post a message to all my listeners. Firstly, to say thank you. I hope that hearing our story has given an insight into the reality of sexual assault. On the news we may, sometimes, hear about a rape or an attempted rape. We may then hear, perhaps, about the trial, six months, a year, two years later. And then, if the defendant is found guilty, we may hear about the sentencing, some more time after that. But what we never hear about is the agony that lies in between these events, the heartache and desolation, the despair and anger that goes on, day in, day out, for weeks, months, years. Rape is a crime that devastates the victim, but also has enormous ramifications for their family, friends and the wider community. But that's not what we ever hear. And I think we should. So with my daughter's blessing, that's what I've tried to do. So I hope that recording this audiobook has also revealed exactly why tackling the epidemic of violence against women and girls is so important. How can any of us be content with a world where half the population lives in fear, unable to walk the streets freely without fear of coming to harm? The second reason for this brief message is to let you know that I will be bringing you Everyone is Talking About This, The True Story of a Rape Trial, at some point in the near future. I wanted to be able to record it as soon as I'd finished the first book, but I have found writing about the trial, recording it in words, about the most painful thing I've ever tried to do. I've struggled to work out exactly why this is, but I think it's something to do with control. From the moment my daughter was raped, I had things to do. I had to support and comfort her, deal with all the medical appointments, oversee the work of the police, contact politicians and newspapers and so on and on. I was fired up by anger and determination and I fought for her on a daily basis for months. But once you get into the courtroom, the fighting stops. Because in that space, there is absolutely nothing you can do. The judicial process plays itself out, slowly, agonisingly, and there is absolutely nothing you can do to change it or to implement the outcome you want. And that's tough. Incredibly tough. It got to the point, towards the end, that I couldn't go in anymore. I couldn't bear hearing my daughter ripped apart by the defence, her good name sullied, her reputation questioned, her innocence maligned. It's simply inhumane. We have to change the way the criminal justice process operates in this area. The first thing we need to do is to have specially trained juries for rape trials. Misconceptions, stereotypes and cultural beliefs all mean that many people simply can't view these cases with the required lack of prejudice, bias or preconceived ideas. When you hear the story of the trial of the man who raped my daughter you will see shockingly clear evidence of this. I'm not going to tell you the outcome now. But what I can say is that the semantics also need to change. In these cases, no one is a winner. No one walks through those courtroom doors, whether it be into the dock, the witness stand, the public gallery or the jury space, and comes out the same person. There are simply no winners, 
only losers, just that some lose even more than others. So, please bear with me. I will get the rest of this story written down, and I will record it. I hope you'll stick around to the very end with me. Remember that you can contact me on everyone is talking about this at gmail.com or via Twitter at 63136 underscore survivors. Until then, goodbye. <laughs>